Genesis 12 is what we'll be turning to together. You know, people do really crazy things when other people ask them to. When I was getting ready for this sermon and thinking about it, I sent my friend Tanner a text and said, what is the craziest thing you have ever done because somebody asked you to do it? And he replied uh, with the following text that said, this needs a little context. And here's the video he sent along. Good right here. Hey, Tanner, send it. Great. <laughs> what is it? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, that really freaking hurt. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm good. context, doesn't it? Uh, so when I, when I received that video, I was feeling somewhat emboldened, so I sent it out to some of my other friends and said, what's the craziest thing you've ever done because somebody asked you to do it? And, and I saw these big nasty bugs get their, their head bitten off and I saw another jump into a pool in the middle of winter, uh, another hanging onto the uh, airplane wing and Scott, our own Scott Stark running a marathon. Uh, and it was just proving to be true that time after time people do crazy things because other people ask them to. But what I was thinking about is how crazy would it be if we did crazy things because God asked us to? What if we opened the word and read some of the ways the Lord is challenging us and inviting us and we did them? When I was about to graduate from high school in my senior year, I was thinking about where the Lord might be leading me and uh, I felt like at the time it was to West Africa, so I, I connected with a friend of mine and, and applied to head out there, and I did the week of graduation, I headed out to West Africa to trek in the mountainside uh, until we would find a village, and, and he would make the habit of greeting the village chief and greeting the head religious leader uh, and just chatting for a while about truth and what we believe truth is and what they do. And, and inviting them to receive the scripture and consider for themselves the word found in. So that's what I was going to do. And when I got there, uh, kind of in the orientation, welcome to Africa, he said, so the first rule of thumb that I follow is I never do anything unless the Lord has first told me to do it. Which sounds like a really great idea, but as, as a senior coming out of high school, I hadn't operated uh, in that strict of a manner before that I wouldn't do anything unless the Lord had told me to do it. And so practically what that meant is on day one, we gathered together in the morning and we prayed, we studied scripture, we worshiped, and we waited. Then on day two, we got up and we prayed, we studied scripture, we worshiped and we waited, and so too on day three and day four and day five and day six. And finally on day seven, I said to him, in my time with the Lord, both in scripture and prayer, I feel like he is telling me, leading me to go to the holy mountain. And I don't know where that is or what that means. Uh, and he said, oh, perfect, Mafura Mountain. I know right where that is. Let's go there. So the next day we set out for this mountain that I did not know where it was, where we were going, how far it was going to be, and we started walking. And while we were walking, we saw a group in a village gathered around a religious leader, and he came out to us as we were walking up, uh, as the only white people anywhere in the area. He came out to us, uh, and he greeted us 
very abnormally, he said, do you know who I am? Which is just unusual. I, I don't expect that sort of greeting. But immediately my colleague replied, yeah, I know exactly who you are. And he told him who he was and where he was from, which was miles away from where we are. And they just struck up this most wonderful conversation like old friends. As we were walking away, I said, how in the world did you know who that was? We're in the middle of nowhere, and he's from miles away. And he, he turned to me, grinning from ear to ear, and he said, well, about two weeks ago, God told me in a dream that I was going to run into this guy that I did not know, that this was his name, and this is who he was, and this is where he was from. So when I got an unusual greeting like, do you know who I am, I figured, I guess I do. Uh, and so he greeted him by name. And I don't know how you respond when one person leads one to take a path and another to have the information that they need on it, but mine was something like, are you kidding me? No. God did that? God led us to a place that I do not know where, and he informed you of a person that you do not know who, and in that perfect timing, after seven days of prayer, he led those two things to cross paths. Never would I have dreamed up something like that. It's just crazy. It's crazy, and how do we wrap our minds around that? And then it started occurring to me that we do in Scripture because it happens time and time again. The crazy just keeps happening that God is calling his people to the most extraordinary things. And one of those people is the one that we look at tonight named Abram. So we turn there to Genesis 12 where we find the call of Abram starting in verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went. As the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered and the people that they had acquired in Haran. And they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Moreh. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going toward the Negev. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God said to Abram, go. And it was absolutely crazy. What an outrageous thing to say to a 75-year-old man, go. Leave the place where you have grown old. Leave the place where you are prosperous. Go. This is a call on Abram's life to leave 
everything behind. This is a call for him to move into the unknown. And for those of you that that have seen this map or sat under the posts uh, teaching in the past, if you looked at a map of the Middle East and you pulled it up in front of you tonight, uh, you would see that Ur where Abram starts is way down here and he heads on up to Haran. And Ur to Haran is about 630 miles. And when he gets to Haran, he rounds the corner and he heads towards Shechem, which is about 400 miles from there. And then he goes from Shechem to Beersheba, which is another 100 miles. And from Beersheba, he heads on down to Egypt and he just goes and goes and goes. And if you were looking at that whole journey, you would see Abram go from about here all the way down to Fort Myers, Florida. And when you think about this, you have to be thinking about it, well, not how fast would Abram go at 75 years old, or not how fast would Sarai go, his wife, but how fast would a herd of sheep go that far? Thankfully for us, somebody has researched that, and I pulled it up as I was looking for this sermon, and it turns out across all types of sheep, they go different speeds, but you can plan on about seven and a half miles a day. That's how fast your sheep are going to go if you're driving sheep down to Fort Myers. That's, that's how fast you're going to go. So if every day was a perfect sheep herding day, if every day was the perfect way and time and place to get sheep down to Egypt, it would take Abram and his group 180 days of sheep herding if every day was the perfect day, which I can tell you it was not. And there goes Abram from Ur, at 75 years old, and he just keeps walking one step after the next, all the way down, first up to Haran and down to Egypt. The call, though, for Abram was not only a call to give up everything. The call to Abram was, in so doing, in giving up everything, find everything receive everything. Because if we turn just one chapter before to chapter 11 in Genesis, or if you were watching this video, we we would read about a story called the Tower of Babel, where this group of folks got together and they decided, as it says in chapter 11, verse 4, then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. You see, the people of Babel wanted to stay. They wanted to make a name for themselves. They wanted to do something that the world would know we are a great people because of what we have done. They wanted to gather together and together make their name great. And then we flip over the chapter, just one chapter later, and we see everything's changed. Because in the story of Abram, rather than stay, we see go. Rather than make your own name great, we see God say, let me make your name great. You see, everything turns the corner in Abram. When we look across all of those stories that we read or looked at in this brief video, when we look at all of them from the beginning to Adam and Eve taking that fruit for themselves, to Cain killing his own brother because he wanted to be better. When we look at Lamech and the way he 
vows revenge. You see, all of these people are laboring after their own names all the way to the Tower of Babel until we arrive right here in chapter 12, verse 1. And finally, we find one that is not. Finally, we find one that goes. And everything changes because when he goes, we see the promise from God in chapter 12 where God says to him, go and I will show you where and I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and those who curse you, I will curse. You see, in the story of Abram, we finally see one that refuses to say, I will, I will, I will, as all people in all times want to do. And instead, we come across one who has allowed himself to hear the voice of God say to him, I will, I will, I will. And so he goes. In faith, he steps out because I will, says the Lord. The exact same word for go, for leave, for walk that God utters to Abram in verse one is the same word used of Abram in verse four. God says go, so Abram goes. It's that simple. He responds not in word, but in action. And so many of us, when I was thinking about this call in my own life and in the lives of those that that I know we look for disqualifiers, don't we? I'm either too old or too young. I'm too smart or too dumb. The timing's just not right or my time has come and gone. And so we're looking for these disqualifiers that when we hear this call and it sounds crazy to us, it sounds crazy to our friends and to our family, But then we see Abram and those words just get stuck in my throat. Because he could have had any of them. He could have had all of them. But instead he had none of them. He simply went. When God said, go, he goes. You don't have to turn there, but Hebrews 11, and, uh, starting in verse 8. In verse 9 says, Now, by faith, Abram obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of the promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. By faith, Abram goes. By faith, he picks up all that he has, all that he owns, all that belongs to him. He's not looking back. And he sets out, he moves forward, he takes one step after the other. And it isn't simply a faith that assumes or hopes that the next place is better for him. Because he doesn't even know where the next place is. In fact, Abram isn't moving into the future knowing what he will find. No, Abram's moving forward knowing who he will find there. You see, what Abram's doing is moving from 
the known world in which he lives with his family and he's moving to the unknown world where the only thing known is God himself. That's faith. That is faith moving from here to there with knowing nothing but God and having that be more than enough. So Abram goes. Abram lets go of the I will mentality of the world around him. And he sets out one step after another in faith that God will. All that we would have of faith like that. A lot of you in this room are seniors and you are standing on the brink of the unknown and you are edging up to it closer and closer and it's coming. And the invitation of the world to you is to go make a name for yourself. Go do something great. Go get what you have earned. The invitation of Abram is to let God take care of that. Go where he leads. Yes, he has gifted you. Yes, he has pointed you in a direction. Celebrate that. Use that. And go where he calls you from here. Those of you that just arrived at Grand Valley, either for another year or your first, you're in the midst of the crazy. Syllabus week has come and gone. Exam week somehow is already kind of bearing down on us. Uh, and it all just seems kind of extraordinary and kind of crazy. And you're sitting here tonight and I'm telling you, look about you. God doesn't call you. He doesn't lead you into a place that he's not already there, preparing the way for you. You're going to hear about that one story after another here at Campus Ministry that God is always showing up. God is always coming forward. God is always making a way. And that's what we see again in Abram if we turn to verse 7 where God continues to show up. God comes to Abram again and says, to your offspring, I will give this land. In other words, here's the first part of the blessing already coming true, Abram. We just started out together, you and I, and here it is. Here's the land, the first part of the blessing. I'm showing it to you now. Take a look. Abram, what I promised to you is coming true. Sure, there's still that complicated part about becoming a great nation at 75 years old and married to a barren woman. Yes, that's complicated. That's hard. Yes, there's that part about blessing all people through you. I know that's complicated. That's hard. But here's the deal. Here's the first part already. Trust me, Abram. Keep walking, Abram. Because know that I'm walking with you. Know that I'm going to keep showing up. Because faith is not getting from here to the end in one giant jump. It's one step after the other, continuing to move forward. And if we continue to look at the story of Abram, and if you have a chance to this week leading up to uh, the sermon for next week, I would encourage you to do exactly that because what I'm saying is not true only here. God keeps showing up. Here in chapter 12, he showed up. 
Then he showed up again, and we get to chapter 13, and he's going to show up again. And then you get to chapter 15, and he shows up in one of the most amazing ways. And then again in 16 and 17, and on and on and on and on and on it goes that God keeps showing up in the life of Abram. And Abram keeps walking, and that is faith. And so he went in faith. And if you've been around CM for a little while, as Dawson mentioned this morning and as Emily shared, we love stories here at Campus Ministry. And the reason we love stories in part is because we love Emily and we love those that tell our stories and the way uh, that the Lord is using them. But we, what we love so much about our stories is the one thing that's the same about all of them. And that's God. That God shows up in our stories. He shows up in our lives. And if you get to know me, you're going to know that I'm always asking, where have you seen God? Whether it's this week or today or this month or this school year, where have you seen God? Because he's here. I know he is. Because he called us here and he always goes before. He's always present. He's always among us. And so we go in faith. So keep moving forward. Keep going. Keep taking one step after the next. Yes, the, the end seems so far away. And even the eyes of faith can't see the way that we get there. But they can show us the next step. So keep walking. Keep moving forward one step after the next, on the way that the Lord sets for you. And yes, it may seem scary. Yes, it may fill you with anxiety. Yes, it may be hard or difficult. Yes, it may not be as fun as what it could be. But it's worth it. All the blessings in the world could never compare for Abram what the Lord had done for him. And the amazing thing about Abram's story, if we turn back to Hebrews 11, is that when he walked, when he obeyed, and went to the place that he was to receive as an inheritance, in verse 10 it says, for he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. You see the amazing thing about Abram. The outstanding, extraordinary thing about Abram that took this 75-year-old man and moved him across nations and settled him in somewhere new was that Abram knew something. He knew something that everybody else had somehow forgotten along the way. And what Abram knew as he walked one step after the next, never knowing where he was going or to what end. He kept moving forward because he, he remembered this truth, that for those that walk in faith, the best is yet to come. Let's pray. God, we do pray tonight that you would just grant us the eyes of faith, God. Lord, you call us to such extraordinary things, such outlandish things. Yet we know, God, that you are faithful because we've seen that you're faithful before. 
So I pray that you would give us the faith to count on it. That God, we move forward boldly in faith knowing that you're already there. So Lord, we eagerly await waiting to see you in your glory. And so God, we worship and we praise you because we love you so, so much. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen.